Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. talk about it tonight, second round. Last week we studied, everybody say keep pressing forward. You've got to keep pressing forward. The second thing we learned last week, you got to be positive toward yourself. You must be positive. If you can't be positive toward yourself, there's a lot of people that won't pick you up. They will be negative. You've got to be positive toward yourself. And this week we're going to talk about Two great points of this, how to become a better you. There's seven of them all together. The last three I will cover next week. But tonight we're going to talk about developing better relationships, number one. And number two, we're going to talk about how to form better habits. Everybody say develop better relationships. And we're going to form better habits. There was a young man one time that walked up to Socrates, the great philosopher, the great teacher, and he said, would you be my teacher? And Socrates told him to follow him, and he turned around and walked right into the ocean. And the young man following him went into the sea, and they kept walking until they were into water up to their lips. And when they got water up to their mouth, the teacher, Socrates, turned around and put the young man's head under the water. Just put his head under the water and the young man thought, well, that's part of the initiation process, so I'll just stay under this water while he was compliant. And in a little while, he realized that Socrates wasn't letting him up. He was holding him under the water. And finally, he started, he started blowing bubbles, and he started losing his air. And then when he realized that Socrates wasn't going to let him up still, he began to blow large bubbles and began to thrash about wildly as he possibly could. And finally, Socrates took his hands off of him and popped, the young man popped his head over the surface and gasping for air, spewing water out of his mouth. He looked at him and he said, Master, why did you do that? And Socrates looked at him and said, When you want to learn as much as you wanted to breathe, then I'll be your teacher. Now, there's a lot of people that come to church that may not want to learn. They may not want to learn. But I don't sense that as a part of this congregation. Now, I'm no Socrates. I'm no Solomon. But I do love to teach people who want to learn more of the Word of God daily. And thanks, I want to say thanks for being here tonight. I feel good about tonight. I really, really do. I feel good about what's going to happen. The Lord is here. In a park on, on, on the island of Bermuda, there is a rock that hangs on a rope with a large sign beside it. Maybe you've seen it. The sign says, weather station. Check the rock. If it's wet, it's raining. <laughs> if it's moving, it's windy. If you can't see it, it's foggy. If the rock is gone, it's a hurricane. <laughs> Pretty good weather station. Today I checked the rock, the rock of ages. Or Peter called him the stone, the cornerstone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. And that rock said, that stone said that he would be here for us tonight. He said, if you'll talk about me, I will show up tonight. So I'm about ready to give you some really good stuff here. Are you ready? Yes. 
Why don't you clap for the Lord because you're here and clap for yourself. Amen. This first thing I'm going to put on the screen is very, very deep, but I want to share it with you. Your life will get better when you get better. Arnold Palmer used to say, the better I hit the ball, the luckier I am. Your life will get better when you get better. Now that may be hard to swallow, but Matthew 12 and 33 says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You know why Jesus cursed the fig tree? Because it had leaves and no fruit. It looked like it's supposed to have fruit. Because fruit comes on fig trees before leaves does. When leaves come, it's time for the fruit to be harvested. But here's the beauty of what Jesus Christ did. He saw a beautiful tree and he saw no fruit on it. But it's an amazing thing. The scripture said if you make the tree good, then the fruit will be good. And if the tree is bad, then the fruit will be bad. For a true tree is recognized by its fruit. Poor looking fruit trees versus healthy looking fruit trees is what we're trying to have. I believe with all my heart that the key to a better life and a better results in your life is you. You. I cannot make life better for you. I can make life better for me. I can teach you. One person said, Pastor, I wish you would, I wish you would do some things for me. He said, I've got a lot of limbs in my life. I wish you'd come and cut them off because I've got a lot of stuff in my life. And he said, I cannot do that. I can mark the limbs for you. You have to get your own chainsaw. And it's important to understand that if you want to be a better person, you can be a better person. If you want to have happier times in your life, you can be a happier person in your life. If you determine you can do that, you can do that. If you determine that you can succeed, you can succeed. I'm tired of the enemy telling us that we can't do some things that we believe that God can help us to do. I believe with all my heart that God made us with creative power. He made us with things that would cause us to succeed. And the only thing that's stopping us is one of two things. Either we're telling ourselves we can't get there or hell's telling us we can't get there. I'm tired of listening to my voice of negativity and I'm tired of hearing hell's voice of negativity. I'm ready to start hearing what God says I can do. And Paul said it best. He said, I can do, say all things, say all things, say all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've talked to apple tree owners and fruit tree owners and discovered if they want fruit to be good, they have to make sure the trees are good. So they fertilize the tree. They water the tree. They inspect the bark of the tree. See, our life gets better when we get better. Now, one of the keys to becoming a better you is to develop better relationships. Everybody say relationships. Your life will get better when your relationships get better. I just think that we live in a very I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to sound negative here tonight, but we live in an angry society. 
There's a lot of anger going on. And there's a lot of isolation from people because people don't want to be involved in relationship because they're afraid they're going to be hurt because the last relationship hurt them so bad they don't ever want to be in another one. There's folks here tonight that are in Christian Life Church that are trying us out simply because the last church you went to was probably one that made you feel uncomfortable, made you feel like that you couldn't com compete in this thing called life. I'm here to tell you, you can compete. And we're not here trying to tell you that they were wrong. They just, the way they have church. But you've come to a place, your help, your good fortune has put you in a place here tonight that there's a pastor that believes in people because I've seen what God has done in my own life. I see where God has brought me from and where God has established my goings and where God has presented me to and I believe with all my heart that I am no greater and no better than anybody in this house. God can take anybody in this house and make somebody special out of you because that's what God wants to do. Amen. So the first thing that you need to do is have a relationship with your father. You need to have a relationship with your father. You need to tell him tonight, hey, God, the preacher told me that me and you are buddies. And you are. Jesus Christ loves you. There is a God in heaven that loves you. And I, I want to tell you this until I'm blue in the face, but there is a God that really, really does love you. He is not against you. He is not opposed to you. He, the, 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 the morning star is not his badge and the thunder is not his voice and a lightning bolt is not his rod of correction. He loves you. He's not looking to throw you in some jail. He's not looking to throw you in some incarceration. He's not looking to throw you down and under the bus. He's looking to help you and to strengthen you. And the first thing you need to do is get a relationship and say, Abba, Father, you love me. I don't care what your dad's situation was. I don't care what kind of home you came out of. When you were born again, you got a brand new father. 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 And I want to say something else about that father. The father that, that we worship, the God Almighty that we worship, he don't have diseases in his life either. Somebody said, you know, I've had this disease all my life. I'm going to preach a little healing right here, right now. Maybe, it, maybe that's in your family. Maybe mental disease is in your family. Maybe mental problems is in your family. Maybe some kind of epilepsy is in your family. Maybe some kind of cancer is in your family. Maybe some kind of prostatitis is in your family. Maybe some kind of leukemia is in your family. But when you, when you were born again, you got a brand new family. You got a brand new father. And I promise you there's no disease in him. And he wants his kids to be healthy. He wants his kids to be wealthy. He wants his kids to be wise in the kingdom of God. Can you clap your hands? Can you rejoice in that? You need a relationship with your father. Robert Putnam is a, is a, a scientist up in the Harvard University area. And he wrote a book entitled Bowling Alone. And in that book, he said, more people are bowling today, but less leagues are being established. Because people don't want to be associated. They don't want community. And so we are battling at Christian Life Church, and all the churches in Austin are battling this thing about community. Because there's a lot of people that are outside the church that do not understand the strength of community. There's another therapist named Will Miller who wrote a book entitled Refrigerator Rights. I think I'm going to read that book. Refrigerator rights. He said, you need some friends in your life 
that can come into your house <laughs> and open the, the refrigerator door and say, what you got in here? You got some turkey? You got some cheese? You got a little bread in that, in that pantry? I'm hungry. You need a buddy in your life that can do that. You need somebody to say, hey, you got a Coke out there in the garage? I've got, I've got guys in this church right now that can walk into my house and say, hey, pastor, I need some water. Hey, pastor, I need a 7-Up. i got a little grandson that we kept this morning while I was studying. Well, I didn't do much studying because he was wanting me to go outside and hit golf balls with him. But he was at the house, and, and about every three seconds he was saying, I want some sipe. I need sipe. Give me some sipe. But I want some sipe. Well, sipe means Sprite. He wanted Sprite. And we were trying to hold him off the Sprite because we didn't know if mom and daddy wanted him to have Sprite. But finally, I consented because I'm his father, grandfather that loves him very much. I'm telling you, if you start asking your heavenly father for some things, it don't matter what people around you think about it. That heavenly father is going to give you some sight in your life. You hear me? Because he loves you. He cares for you. You need somebody in your life. You need a relationship in your life where people have refrigerator rights. In your home, they did. A, they did a survey. Over seven thousand people were were uh, tracked their lives for over nine years. And here's what here's what they found out: people with the fewest personal relationships were three times more likely to die than those with strong relational connections. So evidently, I'm going to live to be 150. There's people know I don't even like to eat by myself. And I'm going out to eat after church, so somebody hang around. Go with me. Three times, three times more likely to die because they don't have strong relational connections. In fact, people with bad health habits, such as smoking, poor eating habits, obesity, or alcohol use, but who had strong social ties, lived significantly longer than people who had great health habits but were isolated. So I put it on the screen. In other words, it's better to eat Twinkies with good friends than to eat your broccoli alone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hey, let's go eat us a, a donut from Round Rock or Krispy Kreme. Harvard researcher Robert Putman, we've already talked about him, notes that if you belong to no group but decide to join one, watch this now, if you belong to no group but you decide to join one, you cut your risk of dying over the next year in half. Welcome to Christian Life Church. Live a while. Come on. Welcome. Welcome to Christian Life Church. If you don't have a place to hang your hat, a community to call your home, welcome to CLC. We love you here. You'll live a lot longer if you connect yourself to a community. Clap your hands and rejoice in that right now. We, we need one another. Barbara Streisand sang a song, People Who Need People Are the Luckiest People in the World. And we need to celebrate our differences. We really do. We need to celebrate our differences. I have come to believe, and I've come to this conclusion, you don't have to be my clone to be my brother. And I know it's hard to heal philosophical differences sometimes, but folks, we have a common denominator, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he went to a cross for us, and he died for us, and he was buried for us, and he arose again for us. He ascended, and he's coming back. That is the thing that holds us together. People are different in this church. It's amazing what some of the concepts that people have that come to Christian Life Church. There's a lot of different concepts. I mean, there's things. When I, when I, when I, used, to, I used to pastor in Dallas, when I first started pastoring, I, I told you I couldn't spell it, but I, I preached a sermon one time, 
when I first started preaching there, and I, I preached a, I preached a, I thought it was a great sermon. And a woman came up to me at church. She said, Pastor, I loved your message tonight. I love that part about Adam and Eve. Folks, I never mentioned Adam and Eve. I didn't come within 10 books of Adam and Eve. I didn't talk about Adam and Eve. I didn't talk about Cain and Abel. I didn't talk about Enoch. I didn't talk about Noah. I was way on past Abraham. I was on down past Moses. I was way over there in the New Testament, but I got on to Adam and Eve. So what I preached and what she heard. We need to celebrate differences. Paul said, we're all members of the body in particular. Say, I'm a part of this thing. So that means you're connected. I'm a part of the body. Amen. Say, I'm a part of it. You got hands, you got feet, you got eyes, you got ears, but we're all part of the body. So can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of thee? No. Can the foot say to the eye, I have no need of thee? No. We're all a part of this thing. Everybody's a part. Even in our spiritual gifts, Paul said in the book of Corinthians, one has a gift of, 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 of wisdom, utterance of wisdom. One has the utterance of knowledge. One has the spirit of faith, and one has the gift of healings, and one has the working of miracles, and another prophecy. Nobody is alike in the house of God. We're all different. Did you know that men and women may hear the gospel through two different sets of ears? Even in this church right now, here we can be found guilty of overgeneralizing, but think with me for a moment. If the experts are right and men think competitively, now watch this, whereas women think more in terms of relationally, what does that say about the life of a church? Might it be that men respond more positively to a word of challenge, like setting goals, like building a bigger and a better church, where women might be more concerned about improving the life of the church we already have, or creating community in that church? Each of us listen to the gospel through a unique set of ears. Did you know that left-brain people hear the gospel differently than right-brain people? And the way we think may be determined by the side of brain, which is dominant, scientists tell us. Left brain dominant people are more literal. They're more fact-oriented. They're more opinionated. They're more verbal. Whereas right brain people are more creative. They're emotional. And they're more visual. So that's why I put stuff up on the screen for you. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this. The left brain person wants the sermon to be doctrinally sound. He or she wants the pastor to get all the facts right. Not so with the right brain person. The right-brained person wants the pastor to tell some good stories, insert a little humor, be warm and accepting. Isn't that amazing? People brought up in a rural environment look different at a church from people who are brought up in an urban environment. People who were brought up in a very strict, different kind of living look at things different than people who were raised permissively. Younger folks have a different agenda than do folks later in their years. We're amazingly diverse, but we need to celebrate our difference because a certain amount of diversity has to be good or God wouldn't have made us that way. He didn't make a cloud the same. He didn't make a fingerprint the same, but we have this common denominator called Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, we can clutch to him. We can hold on to him. And if I love him, I'm going to love my brother. If I love him, I'm going to love my sister. I can build relationship with you if I build relationship with him. Is that all right? So how can I love my brother whom I have seen when I cannot love the father whom I have not seen? So if you love him, you're going to love one another. However, whatever is in a person's life is what they will bring into a relationship. Now, let's, let's talk a little bit. If a person has a poor self-image, that's what they'll bring into a relationship. 
If a person has a history of strife, that's what they'll bring into a relationship. If a person has a big ego, sometimes you can't break that ego. And that's what they're going to bring into a relationship. If a person has hurts that are not healed, conflicts that are unresolved, and issues, that's what they'll bring into a relationship. I have talked to our staff many times about making it a goal to have uncomplicated relationships. If there's anybody in a church that ought to have just plain, factual relationships, it's leadership. Leadership does not need to be complicated. I need to be like a lap dog. I need to be a man that looks at you and says, I accept you, I love you just as you are. God wants to make you better than you are, but that's my business to preach the gospel to you so that you'll become a better person. Amen? But I must not have, un I must not have complicated issues with you. I must be uncomplicated. I must love all the time. I must care about people 24-7. That don't mean I can be with you, but I've got to be that kind of pastor because everybody that comes to the table does not bring uncomplicated situations. Some bring complicated situations to the table. But isn't it wonderful? Isn't it great to know that when you bring those, that God can heal those, and you can have a good relationship with the church. You can have a beautiful relationship with your wife or your husband. You can have great relationships with couples beside you. You can have great relationships with people on the golf course. Great relationships with people that are around you. Because that's what God wants us to have. It doesn't matter how diverse we are. We're all one body. Amen. Clap your hands and rejoice to that right now. Praise God. Relationships are important. I want you to write this down. I didn't put it on the screen. Everybody say relationships matter. In fact, in the long run, folks, the only thing that really matters is relationship. I found my daddy's Bible. My, my mother gave my dad a Bible in 1960 on his birthday, September 28th, 1960, which is what, 53 years ago this year. She gave him that Bible. And that Bible is old and worn, and my dad read his Bible. And I did not know that mom had it. And I didn't ask for that Bible. But when we were cleaning out her place the other day, I found that Bible. And I said, I'm not asking for this. I'm the preacher. I'm not stealing it. It's my family. And I'm going to take this Bible. And I'm going to cherish that Bible. It's on my desk. I don't know if I'll ever put it in my shelves. I think I'll just leave it on my desk. So every time I come out to preach, I can pat that Bible because it'll bring me back to my father. It'll... You know the relationship I had with my dad? There's nothing greater, folks, than relationships. There's nothing greater. You need relationships in your life. And the third thing, when life is over, everything we have in this world will disappear and decay. Only one thing will remain, and that's relationships. There's going to be a day when you can't take money with you, but you'll always have relationships. We always saying, meet me just inside the eastern gate over there. Some of them don't even want to come to church up the front door with somebody in here. Let's don't talk about meeting there if we can't get happy with one another here. And the common denominator is I love him. Because I love him, I can love you. Say it with me. I love him. Because I love him, I can love my wife. I can love my children. I can love my church. Amen. Let's rejoice. Let's clap our hands and rejoice. If you feel like standing up and taking a break, just stand up and clap your hands. Stand up. Whatever you feel like doing.
Just clap your hands. Clap your hands. Rejoice. Just a little break time. Amen. Amen. Someone has to be bigger than the break to mend broken relationships and families. I've often talked to people, and I'm not, I'm not far from finishing this part of it. The second part is not nearly as long as the first part. I, I want to talk about relationships tonight. But I've often talked to, to young married couples when, when they're, they're planning to get married. I said, you know, you know life is going to, life's not going to always be paved roads and green lights. There's going to be some times when you're going to have dirt roads and dead ends. And when you have those things, you have to know how to cope. You have to know how to cope. I wish, I wish that we were in some vacuum. I wish that it was that way, you know. But Adam and Eve messed up, guys. They messed up and got kicked out. And we've been trying to get back in the rest of our lives. But so many times, relationships can be splintered over the smallest thing. Gilbert and Sullivan used to, used to have some great operatic plays and one would write lyrics and the other would write music and they had a split in their in their in their connection not many years after they started working and 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 they still worked together but here's how they did it one would write the lyrics and send it by mail to the other one and the other one would write the music and send the music back to him and when the play came together and the opera came together when it was time to come out and bow, one came out one door on one side of the stage, the other came out the other side of the stage, and they never looked at each other, and they bowed. Now, the people didn't know that. But the, but the relationship between the two people, were so, it was so strange. And you know what it was over? Over what color carpet they was going to put in one of the hills. True story. I want to declare something to a congregation. You're not always going to have your way and your say. I don't always have my way and my say. I'm not the boss. I'm the shepherd. But God Almighty wants to hold us together with something stronger than what separates us. It's little foxes that spoil the tender branches. And it doesn't matter if syrup goes to a dime of sop and we get red carpet in this place. No, we're not going to get that. We're not going to get that. But there's, there's, got to, there's got to be a relational thing bigger than anything that could divide us in any fashion. And I, I, I've, never, I've never really preached the way I'm preaching tonight. But I'm going to tell you where we are, folks. We are on the cusp of one of the greatest explosions that I have ever felt in my life. A man that is a member of this church that loves this pastor and loves this church told me today, he said, Pastor, in seven years, if God moves you to do the proper things and he's going to channel your life into the proper ways, there will be 10,000 people call CLC their home. And he said, Pastor, I'm not just blowing in the wind. I believe that with all my heart. And I know that. I know this thing is like it's, just, it's bubbling right now. It's just about to bring the pot to boil. I believe that with all my heart. And what I'm trying to say is that we must relate to one another. 
We must relate to one another. We must care for one another. We must throw backgrounds aside. We must throw learning aside. We must throw all kinds of monetary blessings and less monetary blessings aside. The, the rich have got to embrace the poor. The poor have got to encourage the rich because God has placed all kinds of people in this church. He's placed kings here. He's placed ministries here. He's placed servants here. But everybody's a part of the church of the living God. Are you with me right now? Because, because you don't have a gift of singing does not mean you don't belong here. Because you don't have a gift of teaching does not mean you don't belong here. Everybody can have the gift of encouragement. Everybody can encourage someone in the Lord. Wow, wow, wow. No carpet is going to divide this church. We're on something. We're into something. We're moving in some area. You can develop better relationships simply by keeping those things that I just talked about out of your heart. Let me say it. Every pastor, every leader, every boss, every CEO, every manager, everyone who has tried to establish anything positive and permanent knows the feelings of undercurrents. I want to compliment this congregation. When I tried to raise a church in Dallas, there was one man that wanted and sought the glory. And he tried his best to do what he could because the church was growing faster than he thought and he lost control of that church. God got control of that church. And it's hard to buck God off the horse. When he's riding it, he's a good rider. And then into Ritter, same thing. But I want, I want to tell this congregation of people, the church board that has been assembled in this church, the church board that's been assembled in this congregation is the finest, most Christian group of men I've ever worked with anywhere, any place, any time. I believe with all my heart that God has allowed this pastor, maybe in the autumn, it's not the sunset, it's autumn, just autumn, in the autumn of my life, in my 60s, to run slap into the greatest blessing that he's ever going to pour on me before he takes me out of here. And I, I confess that tonight to this congregation because you hear me. This church is absolutely running dead center into the will of God in 2013. And you know what? It's predestined. You stay in the church, you're going with us. It's a predestined thing. God predestined this church. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, boy, he's doing about good tonight. James Moore tells about a man named George. George was a peacemaker. I love peacemakers in relationships, don't you? I love peacemakers. With a big heart, wonderful sense of humor. In fact, he was so tenderhearted that he cried at supermarket openings, they said. Everyone loved George at church, and he was respected at the hospital where he worked. The reason why so many loved George was because he always was kind and respectful to everyone he met. It's not hard to be kind and respectful. When you have the love of God in your life, is that right? His children vividly remember the days that George spent in the hospital before his death. The president of the hospital came and paid George a visit one day. 
spoke as if they were old friends, sat there and patted his hand. And as soon as the president left, a few minutes later, one of the janitors came to visit George. When the janitor left, one of George's kids said, Dad, do you realize that you treated the president of the hospital and the janitor of the hospital just alike? And George smiled and chuckled at the remark. He said, let me ask you something, boys. If the president left for two weeks and the janitor left for two weeks, which one do you think we'd miss the most? Everybody counts. Everybody matters. I don't know. I don't know how you think I feel about out hugging your necks out there at that door. I pull something in my back bending over. Some of you ladies need to grow taller. I am so in love with what God has called us to do here. Dr. Chuck came in tonight. I love Dr. Chuck. He's just so precious to me. Treats me like one of his patients. And he came in tonight. He said, Pastor, you're kind of on a run here. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you're taking off tomorrow, aren't you? He's worried about me. And I said, yes, sir, I am. I am. But you know, the joy of this thing is so tremendous that I can't wait to get back to church to see what God has for us next time. I told some of the guys, we had about 87 at our men's Bible study last Monday night, and I, I told those guys, I said, after that sermon Sunday, that, that this one-day sermon, just one day, one day in God, one day, I had probably about 10 calls, guys, of people saying, Pastor, I had that day. I had that day. Let me tell you something. I had that day with you 10 times because I get so excited when you get blessed. I'm so beside myself when you get blessed. I wish everybody here, I wish everybody here could make a million dollars tomorrow and have the same spirit you have tonight. That's how much I want God to bless you. But I wish everybody could get healed tonight also. I wish everybody could get their family united tonight also because I understand that it's not about money. It's not about making money. It's about making relationships that really matter in life because when it's all said and done and they lay you out here and we talk about you, and I know that sounds morbid, it's what you've done for Christ that's going to last in life. And I want to thank everybody in this house that has done their part in 2012, is doing their part in 2013 to make this church the greatest church in all of South Austin because we care and we have relationship with him and with one another. Say amen. Say amen to that. Amen. 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 There's a, there's a, there is a, uh, a scripture in Matthew. I want you to read it when you get home. Matthew 18, 15 through 22. I'm going to reference it tonight. But what it is, it's talking about if, if somebody does you wrong, go to them. Just go to them and talk to them. And if they won't hear you, take a witness and go talk to them. If they still won't hear you, bring them to the church. 
And if they still won't hear you, said, just look at them as an unbeliever <laughs> and somebody that that's not going to listen. What God is saying, what, what the Lord is saying is, is simply this. I'm going to work so hard to get people to relate to one another that I'm going to give somebody three opportunities to get it fixed before I ever look at them as saying, you might need to be born again again. The beauty of what we're trying to do is to let you know that Jesus Christ is into these relationships. I made a statement, and I've told this to my staff. I can't keep others from having undercurrents in their lives with their families, but I can work to keep myself free of undercurrents. The way to get better is for me to get better. I can't make everybody else better. I've got to get better. And when I get better, then the whole world looks better because I'm better. Because blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall. Let's talk. I try every day to search my heart to make sure I'm fair with people. I've accepted the fact that not everybody's going to like me, but it's not in this church. And not everybody's going to understand me. It may be in this church. But you can't stop people from talking negatively about you, making cutting remarks. But you don't have to drink their poison. You're better than that. Stay on the high road. Keep your own heart free of the poison that complicates relationships because... It's mostly little things that destroy relationships. So our relationships get better when we get better. Because when we get better, we bring more good into a relationship. So I want to say this. Add value to your life instead of trying to feel valued. You hear me? Add value instead of trying to feel valued. Because when you look to others to make you feel good, you're not adding value. You're just borrowing value. Add value to your life. Add value to your life. Just, just say, you know what? I'm going to add to my life. And the more I add to my life, the better I will feel about everything else in life. You following me? Don't try to borrow value because I'm going to always be a complimentary pastor. I'm going to always be an up-preaching pastor. But you need to add value to your own life so that you won't have to borrow it from somebody else and get into some relationships that you wish to God you'd have never got into because somebody made you feel good about yourself when you can make yourself feel good about yourself. Amen. Let me hurry. Focus on adding. The fourth thing, it's going to be real short. It's not going to be as lengthy as that one. Another key to becoming a better you is to form better habits. Everybody say, it takes three days to create a habit. It takes 21 days to break one. So why don't you just get positive and start creating some new ones and break the old ones just by, just by sheer going forward. You know, just start, just start breaking habits. You know, you know how laziness can be broken? Getting up. Just got to get up. You know, most people quit church because they just get lazy. They get lazy. So I'm going to come to church. Well, I think I'll just sleep in today. I think I'll just take my little rest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Pastor, I understand. You do that about three weeks. You do that about three weeks, and you've got you a habit going bad. But the best way to break that is just get up and come to church. Best way to break that, you know, somebody said, well, Pastor, how you doing on your blue bell? Well, let me talk to you about my blue bell. 
I'm doing better. I'm substituting yogurt. I've created a new habit. I love yogurt. And every now and then I get some custard. Is custard bad? Mm. Don't like that. So I got to get off Freddy's custard. And I got to get back on Yoway yogurt. So I'm on yogurt. I'm doing this yogurt thing. And I'll tell you something else I'm doing. I'm walking up the stairs, down the stairs. Up the stairs, down the stairs. Up the stairs, down the stairs. That's three times more than I used to do it. And tonight when I get home, I'll go up and down those stairs a few times. And I'll uh, lay down and I'll get up in the morning and go up and down those stairs a little bit. See, I don't want you to, I don't want you to see me getting in shape. I won't just come to church one time and just be in shape. That's my attempt being funny. It didn't work. You need to feed good habits. Everybody say, feed good habits. Feed good habits. There's an old Cherokee Indian that tells of his grandfather teaching life principles to his grandson. And the wise old Cherokee said, son, on the inside of every person is a battle raging between two wolves. One wolf is evil. One is he's angry, he's jealous, he's unforgiving, he's lazy, he's proud. The other wolf is good. It's filled with love, kindness, generosity, self-control. The two wolves are constantly fighting. You've heard the story. The little boy thought and said it. Grandfather, which wolf's going to win? He said, son, the one I feed. Feed your good habits. Larry Bird said, I never practiced my weakness. I only practiced my strengths. Bill Wainwright's a dear friend of mine. Not only is he a great saint, he's a dear friend of mine, Debbie. And I'm going I'm to talk about him. I, Debbie was very kind and, and got and asked Caitlin to come sing the national anthem last night at Bowie High School basketball game, and, and Caitlin did good. She's a, she's a sweet girl, and she sang good. She's a 2005 graduate from there, and it's kind of neat. School teacher goes back and sings. And I was I was I was so proud. Dale Dale they have a they have a wonderful son. He's not in here tonight. He's over next door, so we can talk about him. Josh, he's just a, he's a neat kid, neat kid. He's quicker than a hiccup. The boy can run. First time I ever saw him, he, he, he walked a little bit pigeon-toed, and I said, oh, God, he's going to fly. He's going to fly. He's going to be Pegasus, the horse. He's going to fly. Uh, I said that about Jonathan Moore's son. I said, that, 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 that Mason Moore's going to fly. And he's the fastest kid on his team that went to the World Series last year. And I, and I saw the same in Josh. I said, Josh, is, he's, he's going to fly. And he's growing up all of a sudden. Well, Dale goes, and, and when the boy plays basketball, he, he, he records it, you know, kind of like Kevin Riley does, Jaden. They record their kids, and, and I, love, I love the fact that we've got kids in this church that are just wonderful kids, but they're great athletes also. And, and one, of the things, one of the things that I saw, that I saw that, and uh, I'm not going to try to coach Josh, but I saw something in him the other night. He just, he's quicker than those other boys. He's just quicker. And his first step is just so quick, and he made a driving layup and, and scored. And, of course, I seen all this on film, and, of course, I'm a coach. I'm studying that film, you know. I'm teasing. I am a life coach, but I'm teasing. But 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 I but when I, when I talk to that boy, I'm gonna tell him, "Here's your strength," and I'm gonna tell him what his strength is. And if he'll practice that strength, if he'll practice that strength, he will be one of the most unstoppable young men that ever played the game because he's got that first step. He's got it. He just it's the it factor. He's got it. And uh, and 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 
What I'm trying to tell you, folks, is that there's some strength in your life. There's strengths in your life. Don't practice your weaknesses trying to make your weaknesses better. Get a habit of practicing your strengths. It'll destroy the weaknesses in your life. Are you with me? In other words, the negative thoughts that come into your mind, just start talking positively about other people. You may not like yourself, but if you like other people, hey, it'll come back, you'll start liking yourself. It just works that way. Start practicing things that are strengths in your life. If you're a great talker, just talk, but make sure the right things come out of your mouth because when you start talking positively to others, you're going to become a positive person. Because bitter and sweet can't come out of the same fountain. Am I getting through to you here tonight? I'm just saying you're getting to get up in the morning. You need to talk. You need to talk some positive things. You know, you say, oh, God, I'm ugly. I'm ugly. I am so ugly. I am so ugly. I don't want to go outside. I'm so ugly. But you need to say, hey, whoo, can I run with you? You're such a beautiful person. I, can I just kind of side up with you and just go with you and be with you today? Can we go have lunch today and all that kind of stuff? And start bragging on people. Start talking up people. And before you know it, you'll say, hey, I don't look so bad myself. Honest to God, that's how it works. You've got to practice things that will break the negative habits. And if you work constantly on your negative habits, you'll never become a positive person because you'll be fighting all your life, and that's what's brought you here. But I'm telling you, if you'll start practicing the things that will make you a greater individual, start habit-forming things that will make you a greater person, if you never laugh, start laughing for crying out loud. You know, if you never laugh, well, I'm not going to laugh. Well, practice laughing. Get in the room and say, ha, 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 I know I'm losing my mind up here, but I'm trying to teach you some personal stuff here. Amen. Amen. When I first preached, folks, I, I, I got to quit, but when I first started preaching, people thought I was absolutely out there. Some pastor said, I can't have that guy. He's crazy. Because I was a young, I just run up and down the aisles and laid hands on people and prayed for people. And I was crazy. And, and, and I, got, I got to believe in the report that I could never do this. And I, I had to teach myself. I had to talk to myself. I had to create habits of how I was going to approach this thing called preaching. And you know what? The habits that I created broke the old habits that I had. Amen? You know, you can, you can, break, you can break out of anything if you start practicing the right kind of things. Okay? So if you're if you just if you just always been an old sour head, you can't talk your way out of that. But start practicing smiling. Don't let nobody see you. For God's sake, they think you changed. It's pretty cool to smile. And then, if you want to, you might say, <laughs> and before you know it, you're laughing. You're creating a habit. And somebody said, What's got into her? What's happened to him? Well, I decided. That I wasn't going to fight the old man anymore. I just going to yield to the new man in my life. Because God Almighty, I know without a shot, there's always a warring members in me. And whatever I feed is what I'm going to become. 
And I'm going to feed the thing that's loving and kind and good. And when I feed that, I'm going to be blessed by being that kind of person. This is not, this is not Zig Ziglar School of PMI, positive mental attitude, PMA. No, it's not about that. It's just about I can be a better person. I can be a better person. I can be a better person. Some of you folks don't even realize it. I couldn't even testify. We used to have to testify. I mean, you used to go to church and you had to testify. We used to testify in church. I couldn't testify in church. Rexy, you want to testify? No. No. Well, would you please stand? Well, I didn't want to be your best. And I said, pray for me, I'll make heaven my home. And I'd sit down. I couldn't testify. And so I took speech in college. My second year in college, I took speech. I'm closing with this. I took speech. And, 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 and I, I live with, I, I, I didn't live with, but, I, but I, I used to go eat with the grandparents of, of, of the girl that was going to be my, my, my first wife, Denise. And, and I used to go by their house and I would practice my speeches. I couldn't give speeches. I made a D on my first speech. I made a C on my second speech. That's better. And so I, so I went to the house of, 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 of old Sister Neely there in Kilgore, Texas, and, and I walked in her house. I said, I've got a speech. I want you to hear me. She said, okay. So she looked right at me. I said, don't look at me. <laughs> she said, why? I said, because I can't talk if you're looking at me. She said, okay, I won't look. So she looks down. So I start giving my speech. She looks up. I said, uh-uh, don't do that. And I, I, can't, I can't tell you how that happened in my life. But I'm here today, and I could, I could roll for two hours with you right now, folks, because I, I believe with all my heart, I, I, I gave myself to a positive habit, and I can make myself a better individual. I don't have to practice the weakness of saying, I can't look at people, I can't stand in front of people, but I can stand here and say, I'm a child of God, and I can preach the gospel, and I can share this gospel, because God has given me that kind of heart. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Please say, well, Pastor, that's good. That's great. Now, let me talk to you here. Let me talk to you here. Stephen Covey wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's so, it's so practical. Number one, be proactive. Take initiative. Be responsible. Number two, begin with the end in mind. Envision the outcome you want while maintaining your values. Number three, put first things first. Allow your values to discipline your feelings and your impulses. Isn't that powerful? Number four, think win-win. Keep a no-loser loser attitude out of your mind. Don't think. I, you're not a loser. Number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Focus on listening, not on replying. Listen. Number six, synergize. Enable more energy, enables more energy to be released than was put in. Number seven, sharpen the saw. Cultivate yourself physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, and spiritually. When you change habits by improving them, you literally change and improve your life. Change your habits. Change your thought process. Change how you do things. Change. Get positive in your walk. Get positive in your talk. Get positive in your actions. And watch God just absolutely make you a shining example of his glory. Amen. It's 843. I'm done. Stand to your feet. You're awesome people. Clap your hands and say amen to that. All right. Clap your hands all over the And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.